Welcome to the Anarchist Monastery. It's great to be back again. I'm Daniel Roy Connolly. And I'm Hugh Bernays. And I hope I hope you've had a lovely, your smiling face over there, Hugh, once again. I, I hope you've had a lovely, lovely week. Yes, yes. A less interesting week, I'm glad to report. Oh, that you're, that's, that's, mm, that's, yes. uh, that's a good so state a to be in, A happier smiling face. Always be less interesting. That's, that's my motto. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Always Is leave it? them wanting less. That's what yeah, I it's say. It's been handed down, isn't it? It's part of the, heri the heritage from the Far East, actually. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've learnt a lot from them, haven't we? Okay, <laughs> so we have. Anyway, this week, great to be here. This week, uh, we're going to look at, uh, got a lovely letter uh, that's come in um, that, that Hugh and I'd love to respond to. Uh, we're going to talk about, well, it's Shakespeare's birthday on the 23rd of April. And of course, Shakespeare's very, very dear to me. Uh, I, I have a PhD in, in Shakespeare from the University of St. Andrews. Um, on Othello, and it's Shakespeare's birthday on the 23rd of April, and on the 26th of April, um, uh, Richard III opens at the Friargate Theatre in York. Um, why should I be so interested in that? I'm interested in that because I'm directing it. And uh, so I, I'm now about sort of, what, two weeks out, I've now reached the stage where I'm just not sleeping. I'm, I'm, I, Richard is my last thought before I go to sleep, my first thought when I wake up in the morning and I want, to read a, I want to read a quotation from Sir Thomas More writing in the 1515, 16, something like that. Thomas More's History of King Richard III. Here's a, here's a, here's a description for you. Yes, go on. Little of stature, ill-featured, croak-backed, his left shoulder much higher than his right, hard favoured of visage. He was malicious, wrathful, envious. Nature changed her course in his beginning, which is the course of his life, which, which in the course of his life, many things unnaturally committed. Oh dear. Now, yeah. That's a description of Richard III mm -hmm. coming down from Sir Thomas More. Um, who was uh, Henry VIII's I Chancellor, uh, Archbishop, Secretary. Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas More? Oh, I don't think he was the Archbishop be of wrong. Canterbury. No, he no. was basically he was basically uh, Henry's uh, sort of anyway personal minister as much as anything. Absolutely, right hand man. Right hand man, a fantastic historian um, uh, in general. Although what I've just <laughs> talked about may not be that fantastic. Um, a uh, uh, a historian, uh, author of Utopia, uh, that fabulous early 16th century book about what would be the better, what would be the best world for us to live in. Um, and uh, anyway, world famous. He also got his head chopped off for his troubles as well. But hey ho, famous for his piety. Yes, you know, very, very restrained. Yes, um, very holy. Very holy man. man. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's he, very guided, guided by the church. He wrote a history then of, of, of King Richard III. And Henry VIII, of course, was the son of Henry VII. And Henry VII uh, was the Duke of Richmond. And the Duke of Richmond is the one who uh, 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 murders Richard, kills Richard in battle at the end of Richard III. So uh, there's often some vexed argument about whether Richard was as bad as he's made out to be physically and then mentally as well, or whether that is, was an act of propaganda on the part of, uh, the, part of the, the, the son um, of the vanquisher 
of Richard III. Yeah, now, the, vict- the victor's writing the history. Yeah, that's it, right? Exactly, right? History yeah. will be kind to me because I will write it, mm-hmm. said, uh, said Winston Churchill. Shakespeare's writing under Queen Elizabeth I, of course. She's the granddaughter of Henry VII. Uh, he's got to be very careful how he depicts Richard, presumably. Absolutely. Bank gets yeah, straight yeah. on board with, uh, with Thomas More's description of Richard, which was then used uh, uh, latterly, I think, by uh, a historian called Raphael Hollinshead, who was, who was the source for most of Shakespeare's history plays, written in the early 1590s. Anyway, I'm directing Richard III, and it's an extraordinary play to be directing in York, because York is... It's the York play, isn't it, of all Shakespeare's plays, maybe all plays anywhere. And known as Richard of York. Known as Richard of York. And he's... Leader of the no- Council of the North. He loved York, I think. Yes. And, and, he, and, and, York, and York loved him as well. Absolutely. And uh, I think when he, uh, they recorded his death as, uh, as follows, in the Battle of Bosworth, right, which mm-hmm. is at the end of Act 5, Richard III, Battle of Bosworth Field, 1485, uh, the authorities in York recorded Richard's death as being, quote, King Richard, late mercifully reigning over us, was most piteously slain and murdered to the great heaviness of this city. I think Richard was, was, was loved in, in York. There's a Richard III society, of course, quite famously, um, who uh, have always argued against the depiction of Richard III in Shakespeare. I yeah, have... that's exactly what they're up against. They're up right. against the propaganda. Yeah. And that's what they claim it all is, the propaganda. And for that reason, they are also very uh, reserved about mm. attributing the murder of the princes. Yes, exactly. To Richard. This really is the, is the big question that it all centres around. Right. Was he a child murderer? Those little boys murdered in the Tower of London. In order to gain the crown. They've never been found, have they? Unlike Richard, unlike Richard's skeleton, they've never found the skeletons of the, of the princes in the Tower, I think. And uh, when that happens, that'll be... That yes, will, they be have it. found skeletons in the Tower, but they have been removed. Okay. Uh, and they are, I believe that in, in, at future dates, they are going to allow them to be examined for DNA, but ah, not good. yet. That, that, that would be a good thing, I yes. think, right? That, yeah, that should... yeah. But it, I mean, it doesn't necessarily tell you who murdered them. Right, right. And, okay, that's, well, and that's the question that's, question that's being debated all the time. Well, in Richard III, the play, and I, as I say, I do have some sympathy with the Richard III Society about how the historical portrayal of Richard, but what I'm focused on is the dramatic portrayal of Richard which is Shakespeare's play. And I, uh, I have to go with what is in front. I can only play the hand I'm dealt. And I have to play the hand that has come down to me from Shakespeare. And what an extraordinary character this Richard is. Right. And t- I'm, I'm setting it, I've set the play today in, in the Houses of Parliament um, with all, that, all, the, all, the, all the vengeful skullduggery that happens on a daily basis in the, in the Houses of Parliament, I've, I've grabbed Richard and I've said, right, that's where I'm going to set it. We're going to have a very contemporary production. Right. I'm using Is a lot of... Is that modern day? It's contemporary. People it's in now. suits? It's now. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's those yeah. awful, that awful way that they all dress in the House of Commons, all right. right? And have they all got mobile phones? And Everyone, like mo- technology is all over this right. play. Okay. And the technology's in the play itself. Te- well, not in Shakespeare, but in my... No, I know, yes, my, but in yeah. your production. Everyone's got mobile phones. There's, there's right. video installation So it all feels on. very immediate, very relevant. hope so. Yeah, good. That's yeah, my yeah, idea yeah, for yeah, it, anyway. 
to have have sort of Richard as this as this really Machiavellian ruler and sort of and 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 the Duke of Buckingham, who is his right hand man, the Duke of Buckingham as a as a as sort of a, a media manipulator, a chief whip, perhaps. Right. That's that's kind of what the how I see the Duke of Buckingham. It's his it's it's he's uh, he's Richard's uh, stooge, if you like. He's the one that goes out and plans everything for Richard in the play. Right. Buckingham's all over it as well. I have a have a wonderful cast. I'm very I'm brand new to York. So as we know, I've only been here a few months. So directing a play hasn't has has come with its challenges in knowing who to go to to get the stuff I need, for example. Um, that is resolving, uh, thank, thankfully, two weeks out. And um, I'm, I'm now bringing my cast up to the boil. I, it's down to me to time this just right. I don't want to release their characters into the world too early. I have to keep them boiling up and boiling up. And then I have to say, right, now I cut that umbilical cord, that, the cord that ties the director to the actors and has done all the way through so far. I have to snip that now and say to the actors, this is now on you. Hopefully I've given you the tools to, to produce this play, but I can do no more for you. It's down to you to do it now. And that's a horrendously vulnerable moment for any director. When you, let, you have to cede, you have to let go of that control and trust the people you've cast. And I do trust the people I've cast. I have a fantastic cast. They're really talented uh, uh, creative, funny, um, and I think perfect for now. And there's 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 these standalone scenes in Richard the Third, of course, as well, really well known. The opening speech, which I'm setting on the, on the floor of the common. We have the Lady Anne scene when when Richard woos uh, the woman whose uh, whose husband and 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 father-in-law he's murdered. Um, uh, there's the coronation and there's sort of a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse at the end of it. So I'm, I'm, those are big scenes in Shakespeare that Duke of Clarence as well, telling his dream. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds, it sounds, what you're picking out, is it's sensational and shocking from it, scene to scene. It is. And it, it's difficult because everyone has an idea about Richard III. It's a bit like Hamlet, you know. Everyone has an idea of Hamlet. Hamlet's the difficult, most difficult role to play as an actor on the stage because when you're doing the to-be-or-not-to-be speech, you look out into the audience yeah. and they are mouthing the very words that you are saying. Right. Which is really distracting yeah. for an actor. Richard III is kind of the same because everyone knows how it begins now the is great the great now speech yeah exactly and a lot of people say on lot red of, lot of, lot of, yeah. the great now speech the great now speech and a lot of people know that so it it comes with its challenges it comes with a lot of baggage directing richard the third because we think of perhaps Laurence olivier and his 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 richard uh, in the 1950s we think of uh, ian mckellen uh, and his richard from 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 1995 this very fascist set in a fascist uh, london um, uh, but we also think of pantomime, yeah, because this is yeah. right at the beginning of the play. Yeah. It's practically the curtain is still down, right? And Richard comes out, this character, right at the beginning, and he says, "I am the villain." Yeah, boo me. Yeah, you know, exactly. I am the one to hiss. Exactly, and I'm going to show you how terribly evil I am. Yeah, and you're going to watch me. Yeah, wreck my way. But I want you to love me a little bit as well. That's the secret. 
I want you to oh, love well, he, Yes, yes, a proper villain will always show this right. vanity and this narcissism, right. you know, sort of, I need you, and the I, way he parades. I need your anger, but I need your uh, approval well, as well. Well, they say that a lot of psychotics, mm. you know, um, people who are clinically diagnosed as psychotic are extraordinarily and dangerously charming people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that, that Richard, I think one of the things we're working on is music hall. Think Hannibal Lecter. I, I try not to. Yes, often, quite. But I mean, would you again. say would you say that that's one way of looking at Woke Richard? Up someone, someone he my comes leg. out and he has that sort of psychotic attractiveness. That. Yeah, no, he has to. Yeah, he has to. Yeah. Right? and has your Richard got hold he, of this idea? He, he has that. He's he he can he, really do it. He's very oh, good. Wonderful. At, he's well, very good at eyeballing. I'll be coming to see it. So I really look forward to. That's it. great. So there's good. Uh, there's there's some. Um, there's, uh, I've had to toy with, I haven't got an intimacy. You know what intimacy coach is, by the way? I've been looking at that Richard III. Sounds like a Lady new Anne. thing to me that has come in since I was born in 1950. Because okay. I'm working on the scene with Richard and Lady It's not a thing Anne. we ever caught uh, when we were going anywhere right. uh, in those days. So I've been looking at, the, looking at the scene of Richard and Lady Anne, which is at one scene two, and whether he's going to kiss her or not and, or, or hold her in some way, once he seduces her, it's a very difficult scene to get right. It's a very easy scene to get wrong. Oh, right. So I'm a bit worried about it. Thought about an intimacy, intimacy coach. Now, an intimacy coach is a fairly new uh, facet of theatre, and it's it, and it's it's very now, and it's it's quite right. It's it's also in film, and I'm very happy that it's here. Yeah. Because it stops wanton exploitation. So an intimacy coach will say, or the director will say, look, they to the actors. Would you? like to kiss in this scene and one actor might say yeah that's okay and the other one say no i don't want to kiss that's fine no kissing that's fine now that's, in the old yeah. days oh, the sort of yes the traditional view of the director was as, as some uh, dictator yeah. who had an enormous personality yeah. who would tell all the actors to do exactly what he wanted them well, to do well it's a, a male actor might just go up and grab a female actor and just just kiss her without and say, her, yes, without this consent. is this is the way i want it this is my art That's you right. do what i say well, and now there's a completely different you know the atmosphere has changed completely there's a different set of rules altogether quite right too yeah consent has come into play and i think that's I think that's absolutely well, right. Well, a word that I have picked up on, safeguarding, it's part of that, isn't it? Correct. I think so. Yeah, exactly right. So we're in a safeguarding culture. This yeah. is the age of safeguarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to realise it's their workplace as well. The theatre is an actor's workplace, so they have the right not to be exploited at, at their workplace, either physically or emotionally or whatever it is. Right? And I think that's absolutely right. I think that's a really good addition to... 21st century theatre, I think that's a good thing. Well, if you want to be an actor hmm. and you want to um, involve and engage the audience yeah. and make them gasp at some point or other, yeah. don't you think, I will do the things that will be the most sensational and make them sit up and make them focus and concentrate Well, that's hard. great. If you can manage that, that's brilliant, right? That's so, not easy to pull off, I have to say. But yes, that's, but that's, what, that's the aim. That, that would be the old attitude. You know, right. I doesn't matter. I will give everything for my art. You know, but I have to kiss this terrible warty old man um, on stage. You make it sound so attractive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just illustrating the point. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> Sorry, Hubertine, you're right. Sorry to all terrible warty old men. Yeah. I'm probably one myself. Me included. That's yes. right. Yes. Everyone so in this room, warty old man. Yes. But if you have to kiss <laughs> some warty old man. On stage, you would. You would do it for the. You do it for the plot, the play, the sensation, for the art. Well, no, you'd do it because you've been you'd told to. You would. 
You're telling it. No, I'm saying there was a time when you would tell yourself to do it. Well, you maybe because again, you sacrifice though, yourself well, to I don't the know. art. Maybe you're doing. You'll it do because, anything to make a good impression. Well, that's the, that's the point. Maybe you're doing mm. it because you've been told to, and you don't want to not. Or do it you want you, you want the audience to be knocked off their feet. Yeah. So you want it to be real, visceral, yeah. and 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 shocking. I think I think we both have a point here. I think I think both things have have uh, happened in theatre, applied in theatre, right? But I think that I think I think you're right. But the intimacy coaches today are to prevent that thing happening when one of the actors is uncomfortable uh, doing that with physical contact, with a kiss, maybe. And then you have to think of other ways to work around that. You have to then have non-contact intimacy, which is a, a, a much greater and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Well, I could tell you as a mime artist. Right. Um, that, uh, and, don't and tell me, don't tell me, just show me. Move your limbs around without speaking. Yeah, Go on, well, look, no, at, the, well, look at this. What do you think of this? Hugh's hiding you know, behind down the window. On the airways. Hugh's yeah. climbing up yeah. a window right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Palms I out. would say that I, I just want to bring He's in the word on. illusion mm. and ask you to check this with you. If um, you wanted Richard to be really aggressive, sexually aggressive and, and grasp, grasping her, yeah. you know, and fondling her in a way. Mm. And that's what you wanted people to see because the, you wanted her, mm. you wanted the audience to associate mm. him with people like Trump who have been known to be doing these things. Right, perfect. You know, that. I have a connection there in the show. Mm. Anyway, so would it be all right for you to have the actors move in such a way that they created the illusion of this terrible, visceral, yes. uh, intimate assault. Yes. But it wasn't as an assault at all. Oh, what was it then? Well, it was the illusion of it. It's the way you placed the actors and so, the things yeah. you and the clothes they were wearing yeah. enabled you to do this. Yeah. And by her response, yeah. you could tell, the audience could tell yes, of course. that he actually was in very, very close contact. So you're with saying her. it's a physical assault without any physical assault whatsoever. With no touch. But absolutely, yes, uh, the illusion of it. Absolutely. So that means that it's, it's really a creative. This yeah. this thing that's happening yeah. here is actually increasing the intensity of the acting. Correct. Rather than being literalist and saying give her no, a no, kiss no. I on think the face. I think it gives an actor more scope. No, I'm much really, more scope. I'm really one over to right? um, yeah, yeah, to intimacy coaches. You, you can't, it, you can't do that now. You have to create another way of doing that. Credibly. And that's a very good thing. Actors love that kind it, of challenge. It can make it well. It can make it so much more dramatic. Yeah, actors love that's that the kind point. of challenge. I, because my question to you was, is it harming the drama? Right. But by the by the way that we've talked about it, I can see that no. If you have to do it this way, mm. this absolutely increases it because it also uses illusion. Yes. And people absolutely love the possibilities of illusion. Of illusion, of being fooled by, by, by a spectacle. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, it's so I'm, I'm, um, I'm pretty nervous, all in. I'm new boy yeah. in town. It's a big show for me. It's a big production. It's the York Shakespeare Project, and it's the first play in their second cycle. In the previous cycle, over the last 20 years, they've, they've produced all... Shakespeare's plays, which I, I Every take, I take in number to be 38. They've also done some stuff with the sonnets. This is then the first reboot of the York Shakespeare project. Next time round, second lap. Second lap, exactly. And they've, they've started with the York play with Richard III. I'm directing. I put in a proposal. I wrote to them. They interviewed me, etc. I got the job. I've been directing this for the last two months. Um, working with love, spending a lot of time with with people I love, with actors, and because they're just so focused and so so creative and so caring and so open and so empathic, I love actors for that. When you talk with an actor, they're never kind of looking over your shoulder to see the next person they they might talk to, 
right? Actors are trained to listen, and that's why I love acting. Yeah, they're watching your face to see they what listen. they can steal from no, you. No, they're not doing that. That's way <laughs> too <want> your... <laughs> cynical, cynical old They're mort. actors. They're out there working all no, the time. they're not. Yes, I'll have that, that expression, that, that raised that is, eyebrow. What a good raised eyebrow I'll have. That's an interesting Daniel's take. raised eyebrow. You may have a point. That's why they're looking at you so closely. But they're also listening. You can't copyright it, Daniel. No, you can't. I can't copyright no, myself. You, you're not your expressions. Right, that's not yeah. going to happen. Well, it would take too long. So, um, so that's coming up. Two weeks' time. That We open on the 26th of April. We, uh, and then we do two shows on the 20th. So we open on a Wednesday. We do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and two on Saturday. And that's us done. 29th of April. Just, uh, the, just those days. Last night. Yeah, five shows. Yeah, that's and then, it. Yeah, yeah. And what, is it, what, what are you going on to next? Uh, I'm not, I don't have anything lined up yet next in the theatre. No, but what, I'm sorry. What are the York Shakespeare Project going on to um, next? I don't know, actually. I, I'm not sure they've announced their next production yet. I guess that'll be... And would the, you like to um, direct a further play? Well, those? I suppose it depends what it is and whether they'd want me. So we'll probably have to wait and see what how What would Richard your goes. ideal play be? If that was going to happen, which one would you? Are you hungering to direct? Oh, Hamlet! No, no, Hamlet! Ooh. Hamlet! No question! No question! Hamlet! Uh, Hamlet! I, I, there's, there's, there's three Hamlets for me. There's a Hamlet before my father died. There's a Hamlet after my father died, and there's a Hamlet after my son was born. And those are three completely different readings of the play, of the ghost, in particular, because. Uh, because before my father died, it was a, a classic ghost situation. I didn't really take sides either way. After my father died, then Hamlet's dealing with a dead father, so I'm I'm feeling that that sense of loss tremendously, right? With with Hamlet's relationship with the ghost, and then after my son was born, because what the ghost the ghost sends Hamlet, the ghost sends his own son to his death. He tells him that he has to avenge his his. Mm. Uh, most foul and unnatural yes, I hadn't murder. In that way. Yeah, sure, and, sure, sure, sure. And he's yeah. sending him to. He knows that at that point yes. you're going to die. If you if you're going to try and kill a king in in late 16th century, you got you got to get next to him. Mm-hmm. You're going to die as a result. And I I hate the ghost for sending his son to his death. But that's a ghost that I never would have imagined, of course, before my son was born or before my father died. So I'd love to do Hamlet. I have a, I have real, I feel a very strong connection with the play. I feel a very strong connection with the character. He's one of my, he's perhaps my favourite character in all literature because he's, he's alone. He's been given this most awful task that he's mm. got to carry out and he's all alone in the world and no one, and he gets very depressed and no one can go through that for him. He's got to do it. Himself. I would just like to say that this cycle of revenge and punishment yeah. that really the play observes, yeah. that is a human condition right. and that, that society has been struggling with. Yeah. You know, um, once uh, once um, some ill has been committed, then there has to be reparation for it and then there is kickback from that right. and, these, and these feuds begin to start up. Yes. This is, a, you know, it's not just the ghost sending... The his, cycle of violence. He's... he's his, all, they are both of them already inserted yeah. into this violence, and this is the right thing to do. Exactly. The revenge is something you have to do for honour. Right. And there is some greater purpose that you're solving. Classic Shakespearean revenge tragedy. That, that's, that's what that is. And you, would you do it in that? Would you like to do it in that way, as a revenge tragedy? Well, it is a revenge tragedy. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, you, you can make those re- references to Jacobean revenge tragedy or not. Of course. Not. They're in the text anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Hamlet, I'd love to do Hamlet. Contemporary dress again, I'd, I'd love to think of a way. So of... a ferocious Hamlet. A ferocious 
ferocious Richard III and a ferocious Hamlet. ferocious Hamlet? I just, I just. Well, think if it's a revenge tragedy, you've got it. You, you've got ferocious. I do have. He has to be ferocious, but yeah, he also has well, to be confused yeah, 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 yeah. and sad. I think, you're, I think you're more ferocious than you think you Grieving. are, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> have, I, have I been getting ferocious again? Well, no. Do it on. Do it in, in theatre. You well, know, it's got to come out somewhere. That's Make right. it happen. That's that's what a what a theatrical ferocity. What a great what a great byline to have on your poster. Yeah, theatrical ferocity. Right. This, more theatrical ferocity more by Doctor Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Roy Connolly. There we are. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm looking forward to to being theatrically ferocious. Uh, as I say, we opened in like ten. Uh, we opened in like two weeks, two and a little bit weeks. That's my production of Richard the uh, Third at the Friargate Theatre. Um, in York, beautiful, beautiful sort of black box theatre seats, 100 people. Is that starting on a Tuesday? It's starting it? on a Wednesday. Dress rehearsal on a Tuesday, yeah, opening yeah. night Wednesday the 26th. And Thursday? Uh, Friday and two on Saturday. And two on Saturday. And then we're done. So people have got plenty of chance. Yes. People well, have got I cannot chance. wait to be talking about it. Having in retrospect, it. having done it, yes, I and discussing all the things that we've said now, which we can't uh, unsay, yeah, out there on the airways. I, uh, that, you I, know, I might lock my, I might lock myself in a room and never you come might. out again. Yeah, right? yeah, that, yeah, it all depends. I'm a bit worried, uh, I, but then again, I always think that the next thing I'm directing will probably be the last thing I'm directing because it's going to be so bad, and it's sort of worked out okay so far. So this is the next one that I think is going to be so bad. And, and my I, last question is, do oh. you actually have somebody in mind mm. for the Hamlet who could, that's already in the cast? Um, uh, someone in my cast who yes. could play... I mean, I got the idea that yes. the cast actually, um, yes. res Reservoir, is yes. quite big, that there's a lot of people interested in the York Shakespeare project. There's a, yeah, exactly. Ah, right. There's a in my cast yes. who I think would be a brilliant... Hamlet. How wonderful. They're a great cast. I all, all, all the crew are in there. Half of them end up dead, it being of Richard course. III. Of course, yes, yeah, yeah. Brutally as, as brutally this as possible. This is what we as an audience demand. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay to, have all, to play Richard for a certain amount of laughs. I think that's fine. There is that pantomime aspect to him. Absolutely. There is that music hall aspect to him. There is that aspect to him where he, he doesn't want to be off stage because he loves being in front of that audience, right? So I think, I think it's important to play that, but then I also think you have to play the violence as savagely as possible because that's the thing that shocks people back into life. Aha, this is funny. I'm enjoying this. Look at that. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm getting him confused with What's with, to uh, with um, Mr. Punch as well. Mr. Is that because one of the Mr. Punch? talking men? about the extraordinary violence, yeah, but I'll at like the same time the comedy. I prefer Mr. Tickle myself. Yeah, but but, but um, the, in the Punch and Judy, as you yeah. know, he's he's got he's got his his baton, his stick. He does. He's and very he's violent, beat, isn't he? Beats everybody. That's the way he <laughs> beats it. everybody yep. with it, and it's somehow funny at the same time as right. being violent. Comic violence, right? Yeah. So I'm. Um, so it may be that we'll, yeah. we'll see. Um, I'll come out and I'll yeah. find that your Richard was also um, accessing uh, Mr. Punch it's, from Punch and Judy. It's like Tom and Jerry and Tom, Tom the cat being hit on the head by an anvil, isn't it? That's, and then, and then it has this enormous the gleeful, lump. It's the gleefulness, isn't come out, it? It's the right? gleefulness. And, of course, Mr. Punch has a humpback. We laugh too. at that, right? Maybe oh, Mr. there's a nice yes. connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We laugh at that stuff. I think what's important in, 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 in to do this in, in Shakespeare, though, is if you're going to play some laughs and I think that's absolutely right you have to also then play the opposite of that and the things that make 
people just stop laughing in their tracks and say, oh, God, I was just laughing and look what's just happened. Do you know, Daniel, you could have done, you could have done one particular scene and if it suddenly turns out that somebody's ill or something and you can't do anything about it and you had to be resourceful. Yeah. You could take one tiny little scene and actually do it fairly late on, maybe the Hastings scene or something, um, and do it as Punch and Judy. Put a Punch and Judy... (laughs) Put, put a Punch and Judy tent in the middle of that and have him come out and be Richard, be Mr. Punch, just right. for that one scene, right. just to make that connection. That would be good, wouldn't it? That would be funny, it, wouldn't it? This is very multimedia. Um, well, it's, yes, Punch and Judy, multimedia. I like that. I True, I mean, I've got enough headaches at the moment with regard to my set, so getting yeah, the, sorry, idea of a, the idea of a Punch and Judy tent is <laughs> just like making me freak out. So No, I'm just saying if somebody was ill... And you if suddenly needed it. If somebody was ill. Yeah. I haven't had anyone ill yet. I got my I fingers know, no, crossed. But then, because they're glove puppets, you know. Right, I get that. Yeah, so, right. you know, you can... Get your hand up, them, Mr. Punch. Yeah, yeah, get your hand yeah. up, Mrs. Punch. If there's Hastings dog, was ill... There's a string of sausages. I love the string of sausages. String of sausages. Punch and Judy. That's know, my favourite. I, I love the string of sausages. Mm. Would it, would add, it would add um, a moment of absurd humour... Yeah, you know, just as things were going to get really dark. Well, I think I, I think I'm loading up quite a lot of absurd humour. I know, I, hope, I know, I know. Hope I can't, I'm doing it's so that. exciting. I can't, I'm can't wait to see it. No, I can't. I can't wait to see. It. I'll be the one. I'll be the one looking haggard with no fingernails in the back oh, row. Oh, I want that. Yes, I'll I be, want that. I I'll want be. You to look I'll look a different yeah, person. Yeah, I'll look. Yeah. A, I'll be hollowed out by. Opening I'll do night. a selfie with you. That, oh, great! Just what I want. You know, right, a selfie. Haggard director. You're taking me this, and Haggard oh, director. God. I had a lovely time. I know. Be, I'll be, I'll be, I, I'll be I, in tears and, yeah. and bags under my eyes That's and, right, and just no hope. And me left. going, I, look, I know Haggard directors. Look at him. Look at him. I hang around Haggard directors all the time. I do. Yeah, I want their yeah, pain. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's coming up. Anyway, that was, that was, uh, so that's Richard the Third, Frygate Theatre, 26 through 29 April. Tickets are available at, uh, at Frygate Theatre, either online or in person, um, I can't wait to get this show up and running. Which it is. Which it will be. Welcome back to the Anarchist Monastery. I love our letter writers. Mm. I'm always blown away by, by, by just the, the various parts of the globe that people are listening to us, writing Absolutely. in from... This has, we've got a letter from Lyudmila in Vladivostok. Oh, really? In, yes. Yes. In in the Russian Far East. We we should be so proud. We right. This is amazing. Lyudmila yes, in Vladivostok. Thank you so much. And she's written in and said, "Dear Hugh and Daniel, it gets cold here in Vladivostok, even at the height of summer. And anyway, there's always a war going on somewhere. Do you have any yeah. merchandise to warm these dark days?" <laughs> wow. That's Do we have merchandise? Tough in Vladivostok right now. Well, I think we're being asked to step up there. What merchandise you? have we got, Hugh? Oh, uh, what? Anarchist Monastery merchandise? Yeah, what you got? Well, I mean, I would think that instinctively I go for the bed socks. You've got bed you socks? Know, sort of bed socks, yeah, so that you can pad about the Anarchist Monastery mm. with uh, really warm, cosy feet. In fact, I've got some that I was given for Christmas or something like that, and they have... Um, Little tread on the bottom of the, the actual tread, socks. Do they? Little tread, not yeah. a big tread. Just a little I know, tread. I know. So they really are for just padding about. And I would say round about the monastery mm. with the drafts and everything. Mm. I would think that they, the the socks are probably the merch. Anarchist monastery socks. And you can't hear you can't hear you coming when you have got those socks on when you're padding. I take it, because you're not clopping. You're padding, aren't you? Yes, yes. As long as one doesn't shuffle. Don't shuffle in socks on. You don't on, want to catch an old 
autumn right. leaf underneath well, it's wooden your floor socks. as well, isn't yeah. it? It's a wooden, it's wooden floor. floor yes. Splinters, nasty splinters. Yeah, everybody's very alert anyway. Got to be careful. Um, what so would they have? What would they have on the socks? <laughs> what would the socks look like, uh, uh, Hubert? What, what did the oh, anarchist I see. monastery What's socks the anarchist like? monastery What's logo? Yeah, how do they stand out? What a lovely, what a lovely job to give oneself is to yeah take lettering, right. design some lettering. Right. Uh, a M for anarchist monastery. Yes. I think a monogram. Right. Nice. A M. But get the style right. Would uh, mm. I mean my favourite style Flourish. is usually you know Art Deco. I Ooh. absolutely love the asymmetry of Art Deco. The asymmetry of the Art Deco. The asymmetry so, of it. Yes. So when you say the asymmetry, you're not talking about the letter A symmetry. You're talking about no, that which no, is absolutely that not. which is beyond symmetry. The asymmetry. Uh, the asymmetry. Uh, the asymmetry. Uh, so you'd have an A and M. You have a monograph on on the. Would you have an A on one sock and an M on the other, or how would that? No, work? no, no. Definitely allied them. One on top of the other. One on top of the That's other. That's what I see, yes, but rather elegant, you know, right. probably drawing on old vines and uh, oh. um, old man's beard and stuff, sort of tendrils oh. um, in, in the way that they have um, actually, the, the way they flow. Sounds a bit medieval. Am I right? Would I, would I have a point there? I, well, I think, I think that, um, going, yeah, yeah, the Art, Art Nouveau was very concerned with the medieval period. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd have, you'd, you'd have a flourish. You'd Pre-Raphaelite have... sort of consciousness, King Arthur, you know, Salome. So you'd have a monogram, a flourish, Art Nouveau, AM. Yeah, and the reason why I, I would be choosing socks. that is it's so stylish. Yeah. Uh, that's what... Art Nouveau is stylish. Because we're going to be setting up a uh, setting up a shop on mm. uh, on on the website, of course. So Lyudmila will be so to warm uh, her dark days. I feel I feel for her to warm Lyudmila's dark days. Uh, yeah, she could, she'll Nouveau, be able to purchase. That's right. Art Nouveau Anarchist Monastery. Some Anarchist Monastery socks. socks. Yeah. And what about you? I I think I'd I, I don't know, I think I'd have a Hugh and Hugh and Daniel bobbleheads that you can stick in the back of a car, and you'd, like, you'd be on one side. Right, with your locks, um, and and I'd be on the other side of the shelf at the back of the car, facing outwards. So this bobblehead. is so democratic. Hugh and Daniel your bobblehead. assessment of the of the listenership. Yeah, the listenership. Yeah, yeah. So that we have people who would love the Art Nouveau oh, be uh, socks. Others who go, no, take them away. Them socks. I want the bobbleheads. I want the bobbleheads. You remember? You remember? Um, uh, Wardorf and Statler on the Muppet Show. Those two guys who oh, sat, yes, yes, sat yes, in the yes, box. Yes. I think that I, sort of thing. I see us as being a kind yeah, of. Well, a... that means there's something for everybody in our yeah. shop. It's from that to that. I've just thought of something else though. That Wardorf be... and Statler for the Tesla generation. I think that's that's what we'd be on the back shelf. There. Oh yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I had, I had to push that out. What were yes. you going to say? <laughs> uh, uh, just one last idea. So one third thing. It's always good to have three. Things. Oh, go on then. Groups of three. And, and this is a great opportunity because you remember us talking about um, Mary Ellen Best. Yes. You remember me trying to describe um, the little rooms that she made that you could get in a flat piece of card. It's Mary Ellen Best. take them out and bend them round and then you can look down into the room. A couple of uh, episodes yes. ago, two episodes ago, I think we spent some time talking about Mary Ellen Best, didn't we? The York, yes, yes. The, York the watercolourist who, who painted interiors. Exactly, mid-19th century. a very young age, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And she did this, she did these cards... Um, that showed the interiors, but you could um, take them out of their their uh, framing and bend them round, and they would make the four four walled room. Yes, and uh, so it would be nice to use her style, hmm. you know, to design in her style anarchist monastery doll's house. An anarchist monastery doll's house. Yes, that you can get in card and you put it together. That's come out. Uh, of what nowhere. I really liked about it was that the doors in her room yeah. would actually match up with the doors of the other 
rooms that came in the little pack with the different cards. But would it have you? Would and you we be? Could do that. You would could you move be, from one to the other. Would you be in the anarchist monastery dollhouse? There'll be a little figurine of you, I take it, presumably wandering around the kitchen, right? Because that's where you seem to spend spend most time. Yes, you have little uh, people to do. At the Anarchist Monastery. I mean, You're as a, a piece of merch. This, is, this is obviously a Christmas present yeah. as a piece of merch, you know. Yeah. And then maybe, I don't know, what would there be for me? A little a little tiny dollhouse gymnasium or something that I can go into and just sort of work out? Or or a room where I can play Doll's House Wordle oh, every night? Anarchist Monastery Gymnasium. Anarchist I think, Monastery Gymnasium. Yeah, with the equipment and, and do- everything. Little but, tiny dumbbells. Yes, yes. But you can see that, the, you know, this once this thing caught on, the Mirrors. Anarchist Monastery Doll's House, we could be making the little things that go in the Doll's House and they would add to the merchandise. The furniture, you know? a.k.a. And, and, yeah, the, the bicycle and the, the treadmill and the stuff that you're on. But I think, too, uh, we should do that because we should be very loyal to the people who've been on our show. Yes. And all Although Mary Ellen Best was born in 1809, yes, you know she is um, she's still part of our show now, right? And so it's in tribute to her that we that we have merchant merchandise. Do there. we have do we do we have maybe some Shakespeare characters and uh, sort of hiding in the house as well? We'll have to see, right? I don't know, maybe hiding behind doors or something. We'll maybe come to that. We'll maybe come to that later in the show because we're going to do I a little bit. I would love it on. if we yes, if we could recruit somebody working with us to mm. actually mm. create punch out cardboard merch. Have the King Lear room. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, that related to subjects that we had discussed. Oh, well, that'd be nice, wouldn't so it? So in the end, you can have the whole Anarchist Monastery all at once with all the podcasts and you can play about with That's it. That's Move it around. You can move us around, can't yeah, you? So, so it started out... Gorgeous idea. It started out as not a building, more a state of mind, yeah. and ended up... As a doll's house. Yeah, it's a, a state of mind and ended up as a building. Ended up a state of mind in a doll's house, a doll's house state of yeah, mind. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, So it's very neat. Ludmilla, that's fantastic. What a, what a lovely letter, a bit sad... For you as well, but I hope that uh, I hope we've just made your made your uh, made your day a little less dark uh, uh, with what we're with what we're offering. Oh, they'll be very reasonably priced to only yeah yeah. We've yeah. got we're opening up the we're opening up a shop yeah. on the on the website now. You can send your letters into us at uh, we have a we have a an email address of course it's the Anarchist Monastery at gmail dot com. That's all one word, lowercase, T-H-E-A-N-R-C-H-I-S-T-M-O-N-A-S-T-E-R-Y. <laughs> That's long, isn't it? At gmail.com. I wonder if that's too long an email address. No, we'll see. we're okay. We're doing fine. We're getting letters anyway. That's it's all, on, it's it's all surely, good. It's, People it's, aren't looking at this It's on again. the website. You can read it off. People aren't you looking know, at this thing. I'm not going to send an email surely, to when they bring up Surely, the, when they bring up the podcast, they can yeah, press the, um, that's it. the email address. Okay, that email address is way too long to send an email to. That's us. Do send, uh, just keep sending your letters in. We love them. And, yes, do too, please. And we love you as well, folks. It's been really lovely sitting down and, and chatting again with my friend Hugh, his big smiley face on the other side of the room there. And I think we're wrapped for this week, are we not, Hubertine? I think it's time to say goodbye. All right, yes. Okay, very nice to uh, to talk to you all. Yeah, very nice Daniel to talk to you all. And we'll see and you... I will say goodbye. See you from the Anarchist Monastery. See you next time. Bye. Bye.